0: Ever since my friend Josh convinced me to take an overlanding trip into the Mojave, I was hooked. The sense of adventure, seeing unique places off the grid. There wasn't anything quite like it. That first trip, we made our way through the Mojave Desert in the wintertime, a place called Traveler's Rock, where you leave a stone and read the message on the plaque, something special to take with you as you continue your travels. Since then, I loaded up on all of the gear, capable truck, an off-road trailer and teardrop camper, recovery gear, everything. We never wanted to get stuck, but the risk of it was almost part of the fun. Having to work together as a team to get through the terrain, Josh and I were part of several groups that would make convoys on longer drives, but often we made these trips ourselves. We each had each other's back, knew our routine and how to spot each other over obstacles. For this trip, we were taking on one of the Backcountry Discovery Routes, or BDR for short. Several of these had been established all over the country, and we were headed to Washington State. The BDR would begin on the state line separating Oregon and Washington, and would end at the Canadian border. Being 593 miles long, a lot of which was through forested and mountainous terrain, we had quite a bit of preparation to do. Thankfully, Snow wouldn't be an issue this time of year, but we still had to prepare for long stretches of wilderness travel. Josh was beyond excited, and I couldn't blame him. We'd been planning for this trip for quite some time. "'You ready for this, bud?' he chimed in over the radio. "'Nah, I think I'm just going to turn around,' I replied jokingly as we approached the Oregon border with Washington. "'If drive up to the starting point was a preview of what to come, then we were in for a treat.' the emerald green of the trees lining the road, the sun shining through the branches on a comfortably warm June day. We couldn't have asked for better conditions. The trip across the state would take us roughly seven days. Though there were places to stay at the various towns along the trail, we decided we would camp for all of it. We would only be stopping in town for fuel before moving on. The first leg of the trip from the Oregon border to Packwood was the longest, but very enjoyable. We turned off onto a forest road, enclosing the trail in thick trees, rays of sunlight piercing through the gaps to illuminate the trail. In one section in particular, the scenery opened up into a picturesque view of Mount Hood. It really was everything we'd imagined from the photos and maps we had studied so thoroughly. That night, we made a campfire, laughing and joking around, recapping the successful trip so far. Though we weren't expecting it, The clouds and rain started to roll in, and we called it a night early. I tucked into my teardrop camper, figuring I may as well get some rest for more off-road travel the next day. The rain came down hard and heavy, pitter-pattering against the fiberglass of my camper. The wind picked up as well, flowing through the trees and battering against the outside. It was an oddly soothing effect, though, knowing I was sheltered in my warm bed against the harshness of the outside wilderness. Except the sound of the rainstorm wasn't the only thing I heard that night, splotchy footsteps outside the camper, sinking into the mud around the campsite. Must be Josh, I thought, probably has to use the bathroom in this weather, that sucks. At least, that's what I thought until the footsteps in the mud started getting closer, louder, coming right up to my camper. More footsteps, and then a scratching noise, like a set of claws were scratching at the side of my camper. Hey! I shouted reflexively. Then there was a sort of chittering noise, chittering mixed with gulping and gurgling, a wet sound. Scratching continued until it had gone from one end of the camper to the other. Then the footsteps began again. Moving away and into the woods away from me. I pulled up the blinds on the small blackout window I had on the camper, but the view outside the window was obscured by the running water from the intense rain. It was gone after that, back to the woods where it had come from. I laid back down, listening hard to everything outside the camper. I only heard the rain from then on that night, tapping softly on the hard surface of my roof. I tried to get some sleep after that, but... I couldn't quite shake how weird that was. In the morning, I asked Josh about it. It was still raining, clowny and dark. Josh was standing under an awning in front of a propane stove making coffee. Hey, man, how'd you sleep? I asked. Like a baby. You? He replied. "Uh, Not that great. Heard you get up to use the bathroom, I said. He looked up from his stove to look at me then. What? No, I didn't. Get out of bed and into that storm? I think I'd rather pee myself, he said, still keeping a joking demeanor. Huh, I said, not really going into further detail. What exactly did you hear? he asked, noticing that something was bothering me. Something was stomping around out there last night, scratched off the side of my camper, I said, realizing that this probably sounded crazy. What in a way? he said in disbelief putting on his hood and walking through the mud over to my camper. We both went over, bearing the rain that had no signs of stopping, and checking out the damage to the vehicle. There were long, continuous scratches that had been carved into the side. Unlike the pinstripes that people typically saw going off-road around lots of trees, these were down through the paint and to the physical material of the camper. "'Oh, weird,' said Josh." He looked around, trying to make sense of what we were seeing. You know what, he said, you probably caught a stray branch or something. There are several down from the trees because of that wind. I don't know, I replied. I heard it. Something walked up to the camper. I heard all the scratching at once. Look at the damage. It's like several sharp objects scratched from one end to the other. Josh chuckled to himself, putting his finger on the scratch and tracing along it. "'You watch too many horror movies, man. "'It was stormy last night. "'All sorts of stuff was blowing around camp. "'You probably just got unlucky "'with some tree branches or debris,' he concluded. "'Yeah, yeah, you're probably right,' I conceded. "'Josh went back to the coffee he was brewing, "'but I couldn't shake the feeling "'that this explanation didn't sit right "'with what I experienced. "'I don't think I simply dreamed "'or imagined those footsteps. "'The chittering noise, the scratching claws.' Despite my concerns, I knew we'd be hitting the road again, probably putting nearly 200 miles on our rigs today. Likely, whatever it was out there last night, it would be well in my rearview mirror by the end of the day. The weather, though, which had been very nice up until last night, had taken a turn. The rain was coming down in buckets, saturating the trail and making the travel much more difficult. The heavy clouds blocked out the sunlight as we continued on our path. Our pace had slowed to probably a quarter of what we'd been doing. I was behind Josh as he was on the radio calling out obstacles. The normally pleasant path had been battered by the storm, loosening large branches and creating difficulties. On more than one occasion, we had to both get out of our vehicles and move things out of the way. Sharp turn coming up. Trails pretty narrow, Josh called out. Let me go first. Hang out here and I'll radio in when I'm clear. Copy that, I said. I put my truck in park and waited while Josh attempted the turn. Normal off-road driving made much more difficult by the weather conditions. We weren't going to take unnecessary chances. However, pulling a trailer behind him was causing all sorts of problems for Josh. It wasn't long before he called out again. Hey, can you spot me on this? I think part of the trail washed out here. Not sure we can make it, he said. I grabbed my raincoat and stepped into the torrential downpour that had consumed the outside. It was difficult getting around to the front of Josh's rig. The trail had dramatically fallen off, and the continuous rain was making the ground very soft and slippery. He had navigated the turn about as well as he could have done, but was only spared inches from the edge, which was already unstable from having washed out. Looking over the edge, It wasn't a far drop, but falling in would completely roll and disable our trucks. Further down the trail, I saw even more damage ahead. It came to a large dip, which had accumulated quite a bit of water. It's possible we could push through. We were on fairly large, high-profile tires, but nothing about the trail ahead was making me comfortable. It dawned on me that the unfortunate reality was that we may have to turn back, the trail becoming impassable until the weather cleared. Josh was waiting patiently in his truck for instructions, but I went to his window instead to give the bad news. Josh, the trail's completely gone. I think we should try to go back up and I started to say, but Josh interrupted me. what no, it's fine, he said. Just watch me on this turn. Josh was an experienced off road driver, but this was sometimes to his detriment, an overconfidence in his abilities getting us into recovery situations. "'Oh, Josh, it's completely flooded down below, "'and you have maybe a few inches of road you're turning on. "'I don't think you're going to get the trailer around this bend,' I went on. "'He waved his hand at me, rolling up his window "'and motioning for me to get out of the way. "'I backed up but yelled again. "'Josh, no!' I shouted while I took a few steps backward and down the hill. "'His engine revved as it was pushed back into gear. "'The wheels turned and his car started to move around the bend.' only he cut the turn too sharply, the camper on its trailer getting snagged on branches and roots along the hillside, which pivoted his entire angle, making his front wheels slide. Before he had time to react, the passenger side wheel of Josh's truck had slipped over the edge of the road, teetering the vehicle and putting him into a slide that was taking him down the slope. He hit the brakes, only narrowly avoiding a catastrophic accident. He tried backing up, but the wet conditions were making it impossible. His tires only dug trenches in the muddy earth as he attempted to recover himself. I waved my arms frantically to get him to stop, mud flying in all different directions, as he further buried himself in an untenable situation. Finally, the wheels stopped turning, but the damage had been done. I went back to Josh's driver window, and he looked sufficiently embarrassed. "'I'll get the winch,' I said. He nodded, and the silent agreement was all I needed to move on. We had a problem and just needed to solve it. I carefully made my way around Josh's truck and trailer, moving to my vehicle. I opened the back to get the winch controller and then switched the device to free spool. As I started to pull out the line, I heard something familiar, that chittering noise from before, only it was faint and up in the trees. I stopped in my tracks, looking around to see if I could spot what was making the sound. Josh had also exited his vehicle with a tool bag of recovery gear and was making his way to me. He had donned a raincoat and had pulled the hood down to repel the heavy rainfall. When the sound came in, he also stopped where he was, looking into the trees in all directions. He walked slowly toward me, dropping the bag of gear at our feet. "'What's that sound?' he asked quietly. "'I don't know,' I said, "'but it's what I heard last night.' "'when my camper got scratched up. "'We looked at each other. "'A sense of uneasiness was communicated "'without any words at all. "'Then suddenly there was a loud ruckus "'in the trees just ahead of us. "'Several branches seemed to bend "'as if something had jumped off of them. "'A tree behind us seemed to receive a heavy object "'and bend from the force of it, "'only we couldn't see anything up there. "'Then it jumped again, launching from the tree "'and forcing it to bend and jerk.' Another tree even closer to us took the landing. It was hard to make out the thing causing this to happen. We could see it, but it was moving so fast that it was like a blur to our vision. The chattering sound got louder and louder. It had clearly gained ground on us and was making its way closer. Even worse, it seemed to be above us and quite adept at moving through the air. Josh spoke first. Maybe I'm crazy. "'But I think we should get into your truck,' he said. "'I looked at him and nodded. There was no argument from me. "'We left the bag of gear on the ground and raced to my vehicle. "'I got into the driver's side and unlocked the door. "'Once he was in the car, we just sat there, quietly, "'intently listening for anything new from the outside. "'Faintly, we could still hear the chittering noise on the outside of the car. "'It had to be close.' We frantically looked out the windows, but the rushing water from the rain obscured any view we had of the outside. I think we should back up and get out of here, I started to say, but Josh shushed me. The chittering sound had stopped, which was almost more unsettling than the sound itself. We sat listening again, waiting for it to happen. After a few minutes of dead silence, we started to breathe easy. Maybe it's gone said josh but before i could respond the glass on the passenger side door exploded into small shards a clawed hand reached in and grabbed josh by the chest he shrieked in pain and fear as he was yanked from the truck through the window i barely had any opportunity to react first shielding my face from the glass then frantically grabbing for my friend he was gone in only a matter of seconds my hand grasping for a leg Boot anything to pull him back down, but I only found air. His screams went up into the sky and then away. Quickly, his voice faded into the distance, traveling fast away from me. I sat, stunned, frozen at the shock of what had just happened, the rain pitter pattering against the roof of the car, now dripping from the shattered window onto the inside of the truck. That's when I heard the sound again the chittering sound. The jumping from tree to tree. Whatever this was, it was making its way back. Or, perhaps more terrifying, there was more than one of these things, and all of them were hunting us. A sudden realization of this put me into flight mode, and I put the truck into gear. I began to reverse back down the trail as quickly as I could, only I had a heavy trailer on my car, which bobbed and bounced over the rough, washed out trail. Watching my side view mirror closely, I tried to navigate the twists and turns of the trail while making this desperate escape. It happened in an instant. Something from a tree on the driver's side of my truck launched itself into the side of my camper. The force of it rolled the camper over, which, in turn, pulled my truck with it. I was going over the side of the hill, both truck and camper forced into a tumbling roll down the hill. In the haste, Josh and I rushed into the truck I had neglected to put on my seatbelt. After the first roll, I was thrown from the truck, out into the pouring rain and forest. I slammed into the muddy ground hard, the soft, wet surface probably being the only reason I survived the ejection. I gasped for breath as the pain from my ribs shot through my body. I slipped and rolled behind a nearby tree, hoping to avoid being seen. The creature, whatever it was, landed on the truck which had landed on its side at the bottom of the hill. Away from the trees, I was able to finally get a good look at it. The creature was scaly, long and slender. Its skin looked as if it was made of or patterned to look like the bark of the trees around us. Its arms also had a kind of fur that looked unmistakably like pine needles. It had evolved to hide in this forest environment in particular in every conceivable way. Despite its slender stature and appearance, it was powerful enough to knock my camper onto its side. Other than that, the pouring rain continued to obscure my view of the monster. It tore the door off my truck with ease, and began pulling apart the interior. The chittering noise it made got louder as it failed to locate me in the truck. It jumped out of the destroyed door frame and back up into one of the trees, jumping from limb to limb. I could only assume it was looking for me. From far off, I heard another one coming as well, joining in on the hunt. I looked frantically for a way to hide. I grabbed some nearby branches that had fallen off the trees in the storm. With great effort and pain, I pulled them on top of me, generating a small amount of concealment. Because my injuries were too great to try to make an escape, I could only pray that this would be enough to hide me from these creatures. For what seemed like hours, they searched for me, bouncing from tree to tree, looking over the entire area. They did eventually give up though, leaving me to what was possibly no better of fate. Completely immobilized from the vehicle ejection and what I could only assume were several broken ribs, I looked up into the sky, trying to drink some of the rainwater that was continuing to pound the area. After I drank what I could, I sat and waited The night came, and I had only just enough wet weather gear to keep me warm. Sleep was impossible, and every sound around me caused me to jump. It was only in the early morning hours that the rain finally let up, sun poking through the soaked branches, illuminating the many puddles and lakes the torrential rainstorm had caused. I squinted as a beam of light shone directly into my eyes. Then I heard a familiar sound, tires over dirt mud and gravel, some people muttering to themselves up the hill. In my disoriented state, I could only make out something about a truck blocking the road. Josh, Josh's truck, I thought to myself. Realization hitting me in the face, I moved from my concealed position and tried calling out, my voice straining as every movement, every sound I made causing me intense pain. I would hear them, though. They'd hurt me they were making their way toward me. It wasn't long before they'd radioed for help. I was asked repeatedly what happened, but even I didn't know what to say. Attacked by an animal during the storm, I couldn't make it out, I managed to say. That seemed to be enough. I was airlifted off the mountain by emergency workers. they never found Josh's body or any sign of him outside of the bag of tools that he'd left on the trail. A story of animal attack, had become official record, but I knew the truth. I knew there was something far worse out there, not like anything anyone has ever seen before. I can't bring myself to go out on the trails again, not with something like that out there. Searching, hunting, and killing.